Well, good morning. Very warm welcome to you all as we gather for worship. And may you know God's loving presence with you. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So let's worship God as we sing together our first hymn, To God Be the Glory, Mission Praise number 708. Oh. 
Let's come to God in prayer now. Let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your glory is above all and beyond all description. You are God of past, present, and future, of space and time, of heaven and earth, and of all people, all creatures, and all creation. Through Jesus, you have opened the way for us to come into your wonderful presence as your beloved children. We praise you for your greatness and we thank you for your goodness. As we draw near to you now in this time of worship, help us to know in our hearts through faith in Jesus, you are with us always by the presence of your Holy Spirit. And remind us again of all you have done so that we may trust in you more fully and step forward in faith and confidence in your everlasting love and goodness. Forgive us, Lord, for all our sins, for the things we have said or done, as well as for the things we have not said or done, which have grieved your heart. Cleanse us by your Spirit. Renew us in your love and help us to live for your glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever. Amen. Well, today I'd like us to think about things that are really strong. Things that are strong, maybe people that are strong. Any ideas? Do you think is a gigantic magnet? A gigantic magnet. <laughs> wow, that, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Well, that's, that, that, I'm sure that would be really strong at picking things up, especially metal things. But um, if I had a bit of paper in one hand and a bit of iron, I don't have a bit of iron with me, which would be stronger, do you think? Paper or iron? Iron, iron that's right. And I, I don't know if anyone else could think of something really strong or someone really strong you might maybe think of a weightlifter, they, they can, they're really strong, they can pick up big, heavy things. Um, but just uh, thinking about strong things and strong people, I wonder, can you think of the strongest thing or the, maybe the strongest person in the world? What, what do you think? Strongest thing, strongest person? The Hulk. The Hulk, well, might be up there, yeah, yeah, certainly strong. <laughs> um, what about um, anyone else? Any ideas? What's the strongest thing or strongest person? Yes? The, the what? Sorry? The airplane. Oh, the biggest airplane in the world. Right, right. Sorry, I thought you said the 18, but that's showing my age, basically. <laughs> but um, uh, anyone got any other suggestions? Because I'm going to just say I've... What, 
you know, actually, I brought the strongest thing in the world in with me today. Do you know what the strongest thing in the world? Any ideas? Well, that's a very good answer. But, yes, well, the strongest thing in the world is God's Word, the Bible, because what God says is very, very powerful. That's right, what God says is very, very powerful. And we're going to hear a story today about the power of God's Word. And this is a story that took place after Jesus had gone back to heaven and his two of his followers, two of his friends, um, Peter and John, um, they used to go and pray in the temple in Jerusalem. And one day they were going to the temple and there was a man there, if I could have the slide up, um, the, uh, here we are. So there was a, a man there who was lame, that means he can, couldn't walk. And he used to be brought by people um, to, to there every day so that he could ask for money. And so he was asking Peter and John for money because he couldn't earn a living in those days because he couldn't walk. Well, so that's, um, they could have given him money, but what they said to him was, well, actually didn't have money on them. So what they said to him was, um, we don't have any money or silver or gold, but what we do have, we will give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And, you know, that was the amazing thing because what they were saying was they, they knew that God wanted them to say that to him because it was God's word to that man on that day. And so what happens? He gets up and he walks and he's, he's, he's He's really pleased, he's very happy because he's not walked for a very, very long time. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, he, he was filled with joy and he was walking and leaping and praising God, it says. And that's all because of God's powerful word to get up and walk. And, and after that, Peter and John were able to share the good news about Jesus to other people. Even although the religious leaders, you can see a picture of them standing there in the background, not with happy faces because they didn't like uh, what Peter and John were saying. But they were sharing God's word. It was very powerful and people were becoming uh, followers of Jesus and friends of Jesus. And that's an amazing thing. And you know that we've got God's word today and it's very powerful for us. It can help us to know what's the, the right thing to do in, in our lives. It shows us what's good and what's not good, and it helps us to have a friendship with God in our lives. So it's, it's a really powerful word for us. So we're just going to pray, and then we're going to sing a song about um, God's power in, in a moment. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that you have given us the Bible, which is your word, so that we know what you want to say to us and to make us strong. Help us to know more from your word each day and to be bold and strong in sharing the good news that Jesus is our friend. Amen. Well, we're going to sing Be Bold, Be Strong, and it's uh, Mission Praise number 49, and there, there are a few actions, um, and I think uh, it's just uh, Be Bold, Be Strong,
for the Lord our God is with us. Be bold, be strong. Um, actually, I think I need the words up to remind me just to, um, the Lord your God is with you. I am not dismayed. No, not me. Uh, I am, I'm not afraid. I'm not dismayed. Not me. For I'm walking in faith and victory. Come on, walk in faith and victory. For the Lord your God is with you. So you're welcome to join in the actions as we, as we sing. Be bold, be strong. Be bold. Do not fear. Uh, many people have uh, scanned the entire Bible and they have found out that do not fear is mentioned nearly 367 times in the Bible. That is one for each day of the year, right? Do not fear. And two extra, sometimes it's 366 days, and one when you feel really afraid. So let's uh, joyfully sing, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Amen. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid, no, no, I am not dismayed, not me, for the walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid, no, 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 I am not dismayed, not me, I'm walking in faith and victory, come on and walk in faith and victory, for the Lord your God is with One more time, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you, be bold, be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid, no, no, no. I am not dismayed, not me. For I am walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory. For the Lord your God is with you. Amen. come now to our prayers for others. Uh, so let's uh, gather our thoughts and uh, our concerns and bring them to God now. Let's pray together. Gracious God, you are the maker of heaven and earth, and you have made us with your loving hands. You have given us eyes to see and ears to hear. You have given us hands to touch and mouths to speak. And you know our very thoughts and all our ways, for nothing is hidden from you. Such knowledge would be too much for us, except for your great love that reaches out to us to open our eyes to see your goodness and our ears to hear your words of life and health, to give us renewed hope and joy and peace. 
Loving Father, we thank you for the power of your word to transform, to reassure, to bring strength and comfort. So we pray that your word of truth would go out and touch the lives of people we love, the people we live and work with, the people we see day by day, and those in the communities around us. We pray for all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, for your healing and wholeness and freedom, freedom from fear or anxiety or any anguish of soul. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our loving Savior, and no one and no situation is beyond your power to save. Living Lord, bring the comfort of your Spirit to those who are in pain of heart or mind, and those who grieve or suffer any other kind of loss. We pray for our community, our country, and the nations of the world, that following the ways of truth and justice, they may be free from bitterness and strife, and by the power of your love, live in peace. Bless our homes, that love and joy may dwell there, and keep those who are absent from us within the protection of your love. Eternal God, thank you for this great gospel we have to share and for all your faithful people of every time and place who have shared the love of Christ and who now live in glory. Keep us faithful as we look to Christ coming again in glory to make all things new and to wipe away every tear. For we pray it all in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We continue our worship as we sing now the hymn, I'm the Lord of sea and sky, here I am, Lord. Mission praise number 857.
Today's Bible readings are from the letter, the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 1 to 18, and from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentarily troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Amen. Let's move on to our next hymn. Bless the Lord, O my soul. 10,000 reasons. Mission praise, 1,259. A man going through a long season of suffering and trials, nothing seemingly working out for him, cried out to God and asked him, Lord, where is it that I'm going wrong? And God spoke to him and said, every time you come to me in prayer, I'm only hearing you complain about your situation. 
you are praying, you are spending time in prayer, you are fasting, all of it is good, but you are only complaining. And because of that, the scale on which you, things are being measured, your complaints are far outweighing your thanksgiving. And then he realized that there are so many things for which he needs to be grateful. Somebody said that even if God would not do anything good for us in this life, apart from what he did through his son Jesus Christ on the cross, that would be more than enough for us because we who all are sinners deserving the hell fire are now able to go into heaven through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. So, dear ones, let us all remember and like David, remind ourselves that bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen.
Let's pray as we come to God's word. Lord God, we do bless and praise your holy name. Uh, we thank you for all the blessings that you give us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we thank you for the blessings that you give us day by day. And whatever is going on in our lives, we thank you that uh, we can come to you that we can know that you care for us completely. So, Lord, we ask that as we come to your word, we can give any burdens to you now, that we release any concerns to you, and that we uh, listen to what you have to say to us. We thank you for the hope that you give us in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we ask that by your Spirit that you would speak into our hearts and minds now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the last few weeks, we've been thinking about the hope that we can have in our lives when we follow Jesus. We've been thinking about how we can have hope because of God's great love for us, because of God's promises to us that can never fail, and because He's chosen us from the before the creation of the world, to be part of his family. Today, we're going to be looking at the hope that we can have even through our own weakness and through the troubles that so often seem to surround us. But before we delve into our Bible readings, I'd like us to think about the very heart of our faith, and if someone was to ask us what best symbolizes or represents the Christian faith, I wonder what we would answer. In fact, we heard the answer earlier. I imagine a lot of us would say that the cross best symbolizes our Christian faith. And we see the cross on uh, inside and outside our church buildings. We see many people wear the cross around their necks, though admittedly, uh, not all because they have a Christian faith. But for the most part, we associate the cross as the symbol which best represents our Christian faith. Yet I wonder how often we really think about the relevance of the cross of Jesus for us in our daily lives. Is it just a symbol or does it still apply to us in our day-to-day -day living? we read through 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, we hear how Paul describes some of the aspects of his ministry 
And what stands out that is that he and his companions went through what can only be described as extremely hard times. It was a life in which they were sometimes, as Paul says, pressed on every side, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. So definitely not always comfortable or fun. In fact, he admits that sometimes they were pushed so hard that they didn't even know if they'd make it. And earlier on in chapter 1, verse 8, Paul mentions that they were, as he says, under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. What Paul describes uh, might be a greater level of suffering than we've experienced, but the fact remains that we all have troubles in life. Whether our troubles are great or small, the challenge we face is finding hope and holding on to hope through them rather than being overwhelmed. At this point, let's remind ourselves what Jesus said following him would involve. It says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 23 to 25, that Jesus says after telling his disciples that he would suffer and die and later um, be raised three days later to life again, he said this, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? And I'm sure you have heard people who seem to have it all, but yet say, but they are lacking what was most important. And somewhere along the line, I wonder if we've lost sight of this part of our faith, that sometimes following Jesus involves hardship as well as joy, that we shouldn't be surprised when it happens, that there is a cross to carry as well as blessings to receive. I know when I was a teenager growing up in church, I heard various calls in various places about committing your life to Christ. And it often seemed that it was all about saying a prayer of commitment, and that was the most important thing of all. Now, I do believe that it's important to pray and ask God to forgive us our sins and commit our lives to him, to thank him for what Jesus has done for us on the cross and to ask for him to fill us with his spirit, to give us the gift of new life. Yet we can sometimes forget that when Jesus met people, he never really asked them to pray one prayer and that was it. It wasn't just one conversation with God and then that was them in the club, so to speak. What Jesus said to people was, follow me. And what he says that involves uh, that involves is, it's an ongoing walk with him as a disciple. Whoever wants to be my disciple, he says, must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Imagine we met someone and we became good friends with them, but afterwards we never spent any time with them. Well, to be followers of Jesus, we need to spend time day by day in our lives. We need to pray, we need to discover what God wants to say to us in his word. 
so that we can live to be followers and disciples. And part of that is being willing to lay down the things which might get in the way. Part of it may involve hardship and trouble for being followers of Jesus. It's not always easy to stand out from the crowd. When we suffer for being a follower of Jesus, this is what is part of what it means to take up our cross daily. We don't take the easy road. We take the road that God wants us to take. And so if we ever suffer for our faith, we can be encouraged that our Lord is right there with us, having gone through the suffering of the cross before us. Recognizing then that troubles and suffering are part and parcel of being a follower of Jesus, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul reminds us of the hope that we can have through whatever we might face. And he begins by saying, we do not lose heart. We don't have to lose heart. First of all, because God is merciful to us. He doesn't let us go through anything that he won't hold us up through. But even when we feel as weak as can be, even when we feel we haven't got an ounce of energy left or any answers, maybe we're perplexed. We don't have the answers to the questions that are facing us. We don't know how to face the day. But we can know that God will never abandon us. And in fact, his power will be shown best through our weakness. It says in verses 7 to 10, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars of clay are not strong things. They can easily break. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the all-surpassing power. This all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So when people see us following Jesus in our own weakness, they see it's God's power sustaining us, not us. He goes on, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. One of the mysteries of becoming a follower of Jesus, which is symbolized in our baptism, is that we enter into Jesus' death and resurrection. By God's Spirit, we receive the benefits of Jesus' death for our sins and his resurrection power. We're washed clean and forgiven our sins, and we receive the life of God's Holy Spirit, who also raised Jesus from death. While we might suffer as followers of Jesus, as we take up our cross and go God's way rather than our own way day to day, as we advance through the years even, as we deteriorate physically, knowing that one day we, we do die, yet even in this we have this hope through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, for as Paul says in verse 16, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Sometimes following Jesus involves hardship and suffering, 
But the, the longer we go, the more our own plans become God's, that come into line with God's plans, the more we listen to Him. And so this taking up of the cross doesn't seem maybe quite as difficult because we want to do what God says. The Apostle Paul had a very special calling and assignment that meant he had to go through lots of difficulties, lots of troubles. But he did it because he knew God was doing something through him that was going to save lots of people. What we go through for the sake of our Lord Jesus is actually used by God to bring new life to others. As we share the love of Christ, even when it involves difficulty for us, we can be encouraged that God uses even the hard things that we go through to help others discover the love and compassion God has for them so that they can discover that and become part of his family too. Just as the hardships Paul went through brought life to others as they heard Jesus. That's what he meant when he said that uh, for them it was death was working in them, but for, for those that heard it was life. They were giving of themselves taking up their cross, following Jesus so that others would find that new life. When we recognize that God keeps working through us to bless others and that as we walk with him in our lives that he's renewing us from the inside out, transforming us to be more like Jesus, it helps us to see things in a new way. It helps us to get that perspective that God has a greater purpose it says in verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And it's not making light of our troubles. It's just saying that on an eternal perspective, they are much less than we, we think they are. They are something that is going to um, be compensated for in God's eternal kingdom. And Paul also encourages us to focus on what's lasting rather than being consumed by the things that will only last a little while. In verse 18 he says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. You may be familiar with the passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 where it says there's a time for everything, but also not everything lasts. Whether it's a holiday, a sunny day, a nice meal with friends, these are all things that come to an end. And it's the same with the bigger things in our lives too. Everything has a beginning and an end. We might want things to go on forever, but that's not the way it works in our world. And yet, as it says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. There's something built into us that looks beyond the limitations of time and our own mortality. The Christian hope is one, it's the one that fulfills 
that longing in our hearts. Though we don't see with our eyes all that God has in store for those who, who love him, we have this promise that he is preparing a place for us. And the resurrection power of God's Holy Spirit, which is already working in and through us in our faith in Christ, renewing us in our spirit day by day, will also raise us to life after we die and give us a new body and a new home in God's eternal house in heaven. Paul goes into that in more detail in the following chapter. And so even though we don't see with our physical eyes all that God is doing in our lives, in our world, and through time and eternity, even although appearances seem that he may not be doing things, we can have confidence and hope that through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, God is working. He's working out his loving and eternal purposes for his people. Knowing the hope that we have in Christ as his followers then, and holding on to that hope, even through our weakness and our troubles, our limitations, that's what faith is all about. As Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith, not by sight. As we heard earlier from Hebrews 11, verse 1, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So let's walk by faith, not in what we see around us or in us, but by trusting in the God of hope who has shown us the glory of his eternal love in the face of Jesus Christ, his son, who is sent to be our savior, our Lord and our friend. Let's come to God in faith. Whatever lies before us, let us bless the Lord, all our soul. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, our eternal and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the blessings that you give to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the hope that we have of the resurrection. We thank you for the hope that we have for your transforming power in our lives today and each day of our lives. We thank you that we can walk with you with um, faith that you will hold us and keep us and lead us forward. So Lord, as we come to you, help us to respond each in our own way to things that you have been speaking to us about. Help us to take that step of faith, to, to walk with you day by day, to bring all that is before us to you and know that you will never abandon us or leave us, but you will lead us forward. We thank you for the great sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life to bring us into your presence through the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of life by your Holy Spirit. 
So we ask, Lord, that today you accept our offerings and gifts for the work of your eternal kingdom of light. And may our lives be a living sacrifice, dedicated and fit for your service. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Close our time of worship with our, our final hymn this morning, uh, Thine be the glory, risen, conquering Son. Mission praise number 689. God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God Almighty the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you this day
and remain with you always. Amen.